Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of KX's Wrestling Podcast. Today I will be discussing Monday Night Raw, the June 11th, 2018 edition from Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay, and another thing that I would like to address before I get into, you know, what happened on the show, um, the viewership totals. And this information is courtesy of Showbuzz Daily. So that's my source. Okay, so the viewership for Monday Night Raw you know, this June 11th edition was 2.7 million, which is up 8% from last week's episode, which came in at 2.5 million viewers. So with that being said, we saw a small increase in the viewership. Um, It's not an awful thing. It's not a great thing either because, you know, I'm used to seeing Monday Night Raw at least bring in 3 million plus viewers. You know, and and this is where Raw has been for a while now. Raw has been drawing in the two million, you know, the two million uh, viewership point. And this this is unusual for me because I don't know. This is usually what you would see from like your SmackDown numbers, but to see Raw only bring in two point seven or two point five million viewers is pretty bad. You know, because What's going to happen if they reach the, let's say, the 1 million point, you know? I mean, it's not looking good. It's been looking bad for quite a while, and a lot of fans have been saying that it's attributed to either an what is it, an NBA playoff game or something else. But I don't see it that way because I don't think there was any other major, um, let's say, like sports or athletic events going on at the time that Monday Night Raw was airing. Um but some people, you know, on another hand, some people say that this whole decline in viewership will, in, you know, it'll change, it'll increase around the time of SummerSlam. They say this is pretty much a slump. Um, I don't know. I can't really guarantee that. The only thing I can really say about that is that time will tell. Um, I think that the decrease in viewership um, is possibly attributed to the fact that a lot of fans are getting tired of WWE delivering a lackluster product you know and when i say that i agree to an extent but at the same time i try not to be like the typical fan or the typical online fan who just constantly complains about every single thing that wwe does Um, i try not to do that i try to find some good you know in monday night raw and your smackdown wrestling programs now of course you have nxt as well and a lot of fans are into nxt um, I don't have anything against NXT, but I just don't watch it regularly. That's the only real difference. But it's not like I completely tune it out either because I do tune in from, you know, every once in a while to find out what's going on on NXT. Because, you know, once in a while, you know, it's good to see something a little bit different every once in a while. Because with Raw and SmackDown, you're pretty much going to get the same formula over and over again. And when that happens, you know, the product becomes kind of stale, to say the very least. Um, anyway, not to drag on too much about this. I mean, I just had to make a few points here before I got into what happened on Monday Night Raw. So let's get into Monday Night Raw. The opening of the show started with several superstars, uh, male and female. They were all on ladders, you know, in the, you know, all in the ring. And, you know, this is, of course, a sign of money in the bank, you know, being right around the corner. It's coming up this Sunday. 
and we'll see what happens with that. But then again, you had Bobby Roode, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Natalia, Ember Moon, Sasha Banks, and Alexa Bliss, you know, all posted up on ladders in the ring. And Kurt Angle comes out to explain the money in the bank stipulations. And shortly after, he's interrupted by Baron Corbin, who comes out with a new look. And his hair is all shaved off, and he's dressed up in like a kind of like a vest and a dress shirt and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. Like I said in a previous episode, I believe it was last week's episode when Baron Corbin was named the constable of Monday Night Raw. Um, word around the campfire is that the reason is, you know, the reason why they chose Baron Corbin for this role is because they don't really have anything for him. That could be possible, but at the same time, I'm also hearing that Vince McMahon is pretty high on Baron Corbin and sees him as a potential future star, you know, like a big star in the future. I mean, I don't know. We'll just have to see. I mean, because, you know, I don't like to go on speculation here, but I do talk about, you know, rumors and stories and what's going around the wrestling world at the moment. So, um, like I was saying, yeah, Kurt Angle had came out to explain the stipulations of money in the bank, which I think is very useful information for people who are not aware or people who, people who haven't been watching as much as they used to, because that happens. Like I explained, um, you know, just a little while ago about, you know, fans being fed up with WWE's product, um, you know, and it happens because, you know, it, it happens many times like it's happened to me before. You know, it's there, there were times where I felt that WWE were doing such an awful job that I just had to step away from it for a while. I had to, you know, for a while I had to leave it alone because some, sometimes that's just how it is. I've been there and done that myself. And I'm pretty sure that many of you have as well. So um, with that said, let's get into what we were getting into already. All right, so Baron Corbin comes out. Um, he basically comes out to say he wants to make sure that Raw runs smoothly. Um, you know, and that's when the match participants begin arguing and bickering and all that stuff. And it pretty much ends with Braun Strowman saying, you know, somebody's going to get these hands. And, and, he, and of course, he's referring to money in the bank. So um, after that, we had match number one, which was a fatal four-way match between Natalia, Ember Moon, Sasha Banks, and Alexa Bliss. Okay, so um, for, from what I remember from this match, it was a hard-hitting match. Um, there was a point where Ember Moon had dived out of the ring, and she smashed into Sasha Banks, slamming her into the barricade. Um, it looked like she was hit with the force of a moving vehicle. Like a, I don't know, she was hit very hard um, because, like, here's one thing I want to touch base on as well. Um, the fact that Ember Moon, um, she hit Sasha really hard. I mean, Ember is, like, really, really big. And I, I don't mean this in an offensive way. Um, she's, like, she's built like a horse. Like, she is bigger, just, just I don't know, she's thicker, more husky than the other female wrestlers. And, you know, uh, like I said, when she hit Sasha, like you could see the impact of it. It was very, 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 very hard of an impact. Um, I was surprised. Like I thought Sasha was le legitimately hurt at first, um, but I, I don't think she was in the long run, thankfully. Um, but yeah, Ember hit, Ember hit her really hard. Ember is really, really strong. She's like 
really just, like I said, built like a horse. Like, she's just really thick-bodied and strong and just... She hits really hard, apparently, as well. Um, another thing I wanted to say about Ember Moon, um, I'm just glad that she's not getting that stereotypical kind of role that they would give someone of her appearance, of her background. Um, you know, that whole, let's say, I'm just glad she's not like singing, dancing, and rapping. You know, um, like pretty much like Naomi's doing. I'm glad she's not, you know, I'm glad she doesn't have a gimmick that's not, that's not like Naomi's, where she's not doing some kind of singing or dancing role or, or something else that's just stereotypical. You know, I'm glad she can be herself. She can be different, you know, than the stereotypical, let's say, black female wrestler. Anyway, moving along here. Um, once again, it was, this was a hard-hitting match. There were many twists and turns towards the end of the match. Um, Natalia, she won the match via sharpshooter on Alexa Bliss. That was a good win. You know, I like that. That was cool. Um, another thing I want to touch base on is the women's division and the fans' reaction to the women's division. Um, I don't think that a lot of fans, especially online, have a lot of respect for the women's division. And this is very unfortunate because, you know, um, years ago, fans were cheering for these bra and panties matches and these nightgown matches and all these other pillow fight matches and just, you know, all these really gimmicky eye candy type matches that just weren't serious. Like, like this is what fans would prefer to see, unfortunately. Um, now that they're actually having serious wrestling matches, it's like they're still not getting the respect that they deserve for taking, you know, making a lot of the same sacrifices that the guys are, you know, putting their bodies on the line, taking the same kind of beatings and the same kind of punishment in that ring and on the outside as well. Um, honestly, I like this. I like the fact that the female division is just more serious now. It's more about wrestling and moves and looking good in the ring, you know, um, it's good that it, you know that they've moved beyond, evolved beyond the whole bra and panties match. I mean, there's other sources for that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition is for. I mean, if you want to see that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're seeing real matches from the females now. That's good to see. Like, that's not a bad thing. I don't see anything bad about that. Um, anyway, moving along, not to stay too hung up on one thing. All right, so after that match, we had a backstage segment for uh, Kevin Owens approaching Finn Balor, trying to convince him to work with him, you know, to take out Braun Strowman. You know, and then we move along to match number two. And this was Tyler Breeze and Fandango versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre or Drew Galloway, whichever one you prefer to call him. I prefer Galloway personally. Um... This match was a total destruction by Ziggler and Drew again. You know, they just ran through another lower card team um, via the Claymore kick and zigzag combination finish. So that was the end of that match. So um, backstage segment, Charlie Caruso interviews Roman Reigns. Okay. Then we had match number three, Jinder Mahal versus Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns, he came up to a pretty decent crowd pop, or here's the other side of that. Did WWE edit that crowd pop? Did they insert that crowd pop? Because sometimes they've done that. They've been caught doing that before. And if you don't believe me, you can look on YouTube. 
um, you know, um, I forget the name of the video. You would have to look under WWE edits audio or something of that nature, and you'll find it. You'll see that they've edited the audio for the televised version so you can hear cheers instead of boos or or whatever else. Let's say somebody starts a random CM Punk chant and won't stop. You know, they got ways of editing that kind of stuff out for, you know, the televised edition. So anyway, moving along here, uh, we had. All right. Jinder Mahal, Roman Reigns. So Jinder Mahal comes out. Um, he announces that Sunil Singh is the real opponent for Roman Reigns. So this whole thing, he pretty much just trolled everybody there. Um, WWE also led you into believing this was going to be the match as well, but it wasn't. Um, so, of course, this was just a joke of a match. So Roman Reigns hits Sunil Singh with a Superman punch and spears him, which was a complete squash for a three count. And Jinder Mahal rushes in to finish Roman Reigns after that. And that's where that whole thing ended. So then we move along to match number four, which consisted of Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, a.k.a. the B-Team, versus Heath Slater and Rhino. Okay, so for this one, um, two lower card teams in a tag team matchup. All right, we had a double team neckbreaker. Um, I think that was one of the standout moves of the match. And actually, hold up. That, that might have been the finish. I think that's how they put the match away. It was a double team neckbreaker. And Curtis Axel had pinned Heath Slater. And this was about a two-minute match. So this was a squash match, another, another squash match here. So that wasn't cool. All right. And then after that match, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, uh, a.k.a. The, the, the Leaders of Worlds, congratulated them on the Titantron, of course. Or, or hold up, I think they might have came out to the ramp, if I'm not mistaken. They, actually, I think they started on the Titantron. Yeah, that's how it was. They started on the Titantron. Then the lights went out and, you know, the whole little Bray Wyatt lights out thing. And then they were on the stage um, at the top of the ramp, pretty much. And they cut a promo on Axel and Bo Dallas. So um, that was pretty much the end of that segment. So then we had a recap of two weeks ago's events on Raw, where Elias Sampson, which I still call him sometimes, Elias Sampson had um, sneak attacked Seth Rollins when Seth had stood up on the commentary table um, and just knocked him off of there. And then they recapped uh, events that happened one week ago where Elias got a dirty win over Seth when he DDT'd him on the chair, in fact. And for some odd reason, Elias wasn't disqualified. And we still didn't get an explanation for that. All right, so then we move along to a backstage segment. It's an Elias Sampson promo. And then we move along to an in-ring Elias segment where he does a performance. Um, Seth Rollins interrupts him. Seth, uh, Elias gets the advantage in the brawl. Then Seth Rollins gets the advantage in the brawl. Uh, he knocks Elias out of the ring. Seth Rollins cuts a promo, and then he's, um, he's, he, his focus suddenly shifts to Elias' uh, custom guitar, 
that he claims that uh what was that guy's name john mayer uh yeah elias said john mayer gave him like a custom guitar with you know the intercontinental belt and stuff on it like that and you know at this point seth rollins had uh focused on the guitar and he pretty much offered you know he pretty much offered to start like an auction for the guitar and you know this kind of gets off you know it gets a little silly for a minute and then we get to the point where seth rollins just eventually curb stomps the guitar smashing it all in and stuff you know elias is you know sitting there looking pretty silly after that after begging seth not to do it and he still did it anyway so that's pretty much where that ends then we had a backstage segment which consisted of bobby Roode approaching uh he was approached by kevin owens and owens tries to convince him to team up on Strowman as well so that ended you know then that ended pretty awkwardly as well um of course you know balor and rude so far have not opposed the idea of teaming up against Strowman, you know in the fatal four-way match all right so then we move along to match number five, which consisted of Bailey versus Ruby Riot. Um, and this match, uh, well, before we get to the match, uh, the Riot Squad, you know, they were making their way to the ring from backstage and they just started tearing up a bunch of stuff. And, you know, so then we move along to the match where Ruby Riot, she dominated early on. Um, she did a lot of brawling. Um, Ruby Riot. She won via distraction. I forgot how the distraction took place. Um, after the match, um, Bailey was pretty much humiliated. They rode on her with some kind of, um, I believe, what do they call those things? Some sort of, um, I forget the name of it. It'll come back to me eventually or something, or I'll just totally forget it. I don't know. But anyway, that's not important. They rode on her with some sort of marker or... Um, what do they call those things? Like some kind of grease paint marker or something of that nature. Um, they wrote on her face and then they wrote like an R on her stomach and just, you know, left her laying there. Um, they trashed her pretty bad. Um, it's, it's not really a surprise because Bailey has been, you know, she's been at the lower card of the woman's division for a while now. Um, she, like I said before, she's like the resident jobber of the woman's division, unfortunately, because you know, she's really one of the more talented women's wrestlers, female wrestlers that they have. And she just doesn't seem to get the credit that she deserves, unfortunately. So with that said, we move along to a backstage segment, which consisted of Ronda Rousey. She was preparing to meet Nia Jax face to face in an interview with the coach. So we get to that. All right. So Nia Jax says that Ronda Rousey isn't ready because she's still so new, of course. Um, Ronda Rousey stood her ground. Um, she stood up, actually, because they were originally sitting down in chairs. Um, she stood up. She started talking about her past accomplishments in the Olympics and um, UFC and how she's in their Hall of Fame and, you know, all that good stuff. And her match with Stephanie McMahon and Triple H at WrestleMania. Um, and then Nia... She uh, stood up, raised the belt, and she tried to sneak attack Ronda Rousey, but Ronda Rousey pretty much grabbed her arm, went for the arm bar. Um, Nia resisted at first, 
Um, it looked like Nia was going to get out of it, you know, either slammer or power bomber somehow, but I don't know. She wasn't allowed to do that, I guess. And what had happened here was um, Nia Jax had tapped out to the armbar. So, I don't know. I mean, this looks like Nia's going to pretty much be set up to lose at the pay-per-view at Money in the Bank this Sunday. Um, I don't want to see it, honestly. Nothing against Rousey, but she's this, she's still so new. And, like, her first one-on-one match, I guess, is going to be um, against Nia Jax for the woman's title. So she's getting the easy ticket right off the top. And that's what I'm not liking so much. Um, Nia Jax, she worked her way to get where she is. Uh, same with many other female wrestlers that they have on the roster who got where they are right now. They worked hard to get there. And to have Nia Jax, um, not Nia Jax, but Ronda Rousey come in from, you know, MMA and just get the world handed to her on a silver platter is just really unfair. And it's kind of a slap in the face to the rest of the women's division as far as I'm concerned. Um, I don't know what you guys might think about that, but, you know, let me know in the comments, you know, speak on it. You're more than welcome to. So with that being said, we have. All right. So after this whole segment, um, we move along to match number six. This was No Way Jose versus Kurt Hawkins. So I don't know what the point of this match was supposed to be, but. Um, what had happened in this one, we had uh, Kurt Hawkins sneaking into the match as one of Jose's um, conga line people, and he failed. He failed a roll-up attempt on Jose, and then he got finished and pinned for a very quick three count. This was pretty much another squash match. So, I don't know, for this Raw, nothing really... I don't know. I can't really see anything great happened within this one. This is what they call a come home episode because we're going into a pay-per-view and there's, you know, the next Raw is going to be after the pay-per-view. But this one here, you know, this, I don't know. They didn't have a good lead up. I didn't feel like it was a good lead up Um, because we're already through most of the show at this point from what I've discussed already. So then we had a backstage segment after that match or that squash match. It was Bobby Roode and Finn Balor. Um, so it was a really, really brief segment. It wasn't nothing really noteworthy. Um, then we had a whole setup for Sami Zayn's little obstacle course that he set up for Lashley to supposedly have Lashley prove himself that he's been in the armed forces before, or uh, the military or the army or whatever you want to call it, the service, whatever you want to call it. Um, then we had, a. I think, hold on. What, yeah, there was a setup for that. I think that they went to like a break or something. And then we had like a, another public relations segment, um, hosted by the big show for the special Olympics. And then we moved back to the show. Um, Sami Zayn did his entrance or whatever. He did another long promo. Bobby Lashley had came out um, for a quick promo with Renee. Um, then Lashley, you know, he was willing to take on the whole military-style obstacle course. 
He uh, aced it in 47 seconds. And then when he when he's coming down from one of the final obstacles, I believe it was the rope climb, uh, Sami, Sami Zayn pretty much knocked the crap out of him and just clobbered him. Um, and I believe that was the end of that segment. Moving along to match number seven, we had, uh, and this was the main event, it was Finn Balor versus Bobby Roode versus Kevin Owens versus Braun Strowman. Okay, so this match was a little wild. Uh, Strowman was very dominant. They had a lot of, you know, they struggled with him a lot in that match until they got into, you know, on the outside of the ring and up the ramp all the way to the commentary table, you know, and this is where Strowman was pretty much laid out on the table. Owens had climbed up on a ladder, one of the ladders that were out on the ramp, by the way. Okay, and Owens had climbed the ladder, frog splashed him from the top of that ladder, and he caught a lot of distance on that. You know, he, he got up there, and he smashed, smashed Strowman through the commentary table, and that put him out of the match for quite a while. And it put Owens out of the match for a while as well. So pretty much at this point, it broke down to Bobby Roode versus Finn Balor for quite a while. Um, Balor, I think they made him look more strong in that. Um, I don't know why. I mean, maybe this is another, I don't know, maybe it's more evidence to the idea that they're not really focused on pushing Bobby Roode anymore. That's what I'm starting to believe because that's the word around the campfire as well is that Vince McMahon has lost interest in Bobby Roode, which is, I'm pretty sure, the reason why he's been losing so much. But moving along with the match, um, Strowman and Owens eventually worked their way back into it. And then from that point on, okay, so the match ends with Braun Strowman going over Kevin Owens with the running power slam. So Strowman wins, looks strong. Once again, he survived three other opponents and being smashed through a commentary table off of a ladder by Kevin Owens. All right, so what did I think of this episode as a whole? Well, from everything I just went through here and from everything that I remember entirely all together to wrap it all up into one, I'd say on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best I would say that it was a two. It was a lazy effort. Um, on a scale of one to ten, one being the worst, ten being the best, I would say that it is a a four. Four for the effort, um, which was a lazy one at that. Um, this is why I don't feel like we're getting as good as we're not getting as good of a show as I believe that we really can like it's like WWE lost a lot of momentum after Wrestlemania that's what I'm seeing that's what I'm feeling I just don't feel like it was as good as it was or as, as good as it could have been um, see this is why I don't like the this is why I don't like the whole brand split thing either you know you just can't have certain matches and they really do need to be mixing it up at this point in time but they're not doing it um, they're just going to keep feeding us the same thing over and over and over again. And just, you know, if we beat them in the head enough times, they'll eventually go along with it. I guess that's WWE's strategy because they're not really showing anything else. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel like they've been doing very well since, you know, this whole 
you know, after the whole WrestleMania thing. I think WrestleMania was very good. That exceeded my expectations, but pretty much everything after WrestleMania, I, I wasn't really impressed with it. You know, I don't mean, I don't know what you guys think about that, but feel free to chime in in the comments section and let me know what you think about, you know, this week's edition of Monday Night Raw, because like I said, I didn't find it to be very impressive. I didn't find it to be very good. Um, I'll, I'll just be completely honest with that. All right, but I want to wrap it up for this episode. It's been going on for about a half hour now. Um, remember to support the show any way you can. It doesn't have to be money. It'd be appreciated, but it doesn't have to be if you don't have it. It's understandable. So donate if you can. If you can't donate, at least support the show by commenting, rating, following, subscribing, sharing, um, just so many other ways, you know, like the product. Um, if you like it, that's if you like it. You don't have to like it. I'm not forcing you to like it. So if you like what I'm doing, if you support what I'm doing, just support the show by any means. Um, download it on iTunes. I'm everywhere. So um, I'm on social media, many different platforms of social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Pinterest, YouTube. Um, wow, just so many. Uh, my main platform is Anchor FM. You can find me there. Um, that's where all my episodes are going to be posted for now on going forward. Um, Anchor FM, anchor.fm slash WP. So that's where you can find me for my episodes. Um, all of my social media links are on the site at kaxiswrestlingnetwork.com. Um, but like I said, uh, find me on social media. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are my top two platforms that I use most actively. Um, let me see. What else did I have in store for you? Um, Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, it is at Wrestling. And that is K-A-X-I-S-W-R-E-S-T-L-I-N-G. And on Instagram, it will be K-Axis Wrestling Podcast. So I'm not that hard to find. You can search me or you can go to the site at kaxiswrestlingnetwork.com. And if you're on a smartphone, you scroll down all the way to the bottom and you'll see all the little social media icons. And you just, you know, press whatever one that you're interested in. Or if you're on a computer... It'll be on the sidebar of the, you know, on the site, on whatever page you go to or end up on. Um, there's not going to be much content posted on the site, which is why I'm really trying to rely on social media for the most part. Um, I think that's about all I have to say right now for this episode anyway. So, all right, guys, this is it for this episode. You guys stay safe, stay strong, stay out of trouble, don't do anything I wouldn't do, and... You guys, make sure you have a good one. I am your host, K-Axis, signing off for K-Axis Wrestling Podcast, and I will see you next time.